Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. You're listening to BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky. What's going on, everybody? This is BGN Radio, episode number 279. Our new format here where we're going to have two podcasts per week, one to recap the previous game and one to look forward to the next one. So this is part two of that new arrangement. Anyway, this is, again, BGN Radio, episode number 279. With me, as always, is Brandon Lee Galton of BleedingGreenNation.com. I am Jimmy Kemsky from phillyvoice.com brandon eagles cardinals out in uh, glendale arizona should be a fun one i think how you doing buddy it's been forever since i've talked to you jimmy that being one day it's it's an interesting (laughs) feeling i have to talk to you more often i guess that's a good thing um doing well jimmy it's a it's a big you know the best thing about the eagles being four and oh is as miles sanders said it's that they can go I 5-0. Don't... And in order to do that, they'll have to be the Cardinals. No. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. The Cardinals were 7-0 and last mm. year. They were the Eagles of well, – they were last year's Eagles, basically. Do you remember who they lost to? Was it the Packers? Yeah. And do you remember – Boom! Ha- Look at that. Remember how they lost, too? Like the final play of the game, basically? Mm, I don't know. It was that play where Kyler threw to AJ Green and AJ Green, like either the ball bounced off his hands or he didn't know like the ball was coming to him and Russell Douglas got it and sealed it off for the Packers. Oh, I do remember. Uh, anyway, play. Um, yeah, we'll get into yeah. our Eagles preview here today. Before we do, BGN Radio brought to you by Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. If you missed the BGN 20 uh, through the end of September, I'm sorry, but I gave you plenty of warning. But now... You still get a this good discount, not as good as BGN20, but it's BGN15 for 15% off your order at RighteousFelon.com. Go check it out today. Jimmy, it's weird. Usually, you know, we start this podcast with some, uh, you know, a look back, but we already did that. So what do we do? I don't know what to do. You tell me what to do. Wow. We look ahead. Well, let's get to the news first because the Eagles just, we're recording this on Wednesday evening. The Eagles just released their first injury re- report of the week. And uh, I think the biggest news on that is the player that w- was had full participation, which was Darius Slay, who only played three snaps. Uh, I, I think it was only three anyway, against the Jaguars. Missed the rest of the game. Um, so, you know, you miss the entirety of a game. You figure they're not going to be, the player's not going to be full practice the the following Wednesday, but he was. So he's almost certainly going to be go on Sunday. Uh, the other biggest name uh, on the injury report, of course, is Jordan Mailata, who's out with a shoulder injury. He did not participate at all. Um, Andre Dillard had his 
21 day window for return from IR activated on Wednesday morning. Uh, he injured his forearm originally September 1st. So he's right on schedule in terms of, you know, possibly coming back. It was a four to six week injury. So we're right around five weeks on him, as we explained, I believe, on the last podcast. Um, so we'll see if he can go uh, at some point. I guess you don't have to list those guys on the injury report because yeah, he they're, didn't. They're not on the roster. On the injury report, I guess if he's on IR, then uh, you don't have to put him on there. Avante Maddox didn't practice. Jake Elliott didn't practice. Of course, they signed Cameron Dicker uh, to the practice squad. Uh, Rookie uh, Cameron Dicker from Texas uh, had a cup of coffee in training camp with the Rams originally. They cut him in mid-August, and then the Ravens brought him in for their final preseason game. I guess they just didn't yeah. want to have Justin Tucker play in that game. So they signed so they signed him. He played in that game and then they cut him the next day. Uh Patrick Johnson and Kyron Johnson, the Johnson boys, uh both out with concussions. That's kind of yeah. interesting too. Neither of those guys practiced. So if both of those guys can't go, um, which I they one of them one or the other should probably be good to go for Sunday, but one of them can't go. They don't yeah. have a backup Sam linebacker. So it'll be interesting to see. They need to kind of pay attention a little bit to that. Uh, as the week progresses, Isaac Samala limited, Boston Scott limited, and again, like we said, Darius Slay was a full go. So I think all all things considered, um, you know, heading out of that uh, Jaguars game on Sunday, they had a lot of guys hurt, but I think for the most part, you'd probably sign up for what this injury report revealed on Wednesday. Yeah, I mean, I think you know the Mylata and the Maddox ones are pretty pretty big and Elliot Jake Elliott obviously as well um uh-huh sure from my read Nick Sirianni didn't seem super optimistic about Dillard I would say more bearish than bullish because he mentioned that it's not just about coming back from the injury in terms of healing up but also the conditioning aspect of things too so to me I mean mm-hmm. I, it could be gamesmanship I could be reading it wrong but to me it seemed like he was kind of you know, tempering expectations there a little bit for Andre Dillard and not just being like, okay, we activated his practice window. So now he's back and he's definitely ready to play. Um, so that's weird about that though. Like it's a, it's an upper body, mm-hmm. it's a forearm injury. So he theoretically still be able to run around or, and whatever, <laughs> you know, kind of keeping quote unquote football shape that way. But uh, I mean, I don't think he would have volunteered that if there weren't truth to it. Right. Um, you know, a little strength training too and everything you're, um sure uh, so real quick a peek at the cardinals injury reports that just came out um they're missing some interesting players uh marquise brown didn't practice on wednesday their leading receiver obviously uh rodney hudson knee injury didn't practice um I'm looking, their, their kicker mm. might be out matt prater has a, a hip injury so it might be a battle of backup kickers Oh, wow. They have yeah, a Justin lot of guys Pugh, didn't practice. Uh, formerly of the Giants and a Council Rock South uh, mm-hmm. alumnus, I believe. Shout out to Bucks County. Uh, left guard. He didn't. Their starting left guard. He didn't practice. Um, Nick. Calvin Beecham is their starting right tackle. I okay. see him on the well, He, he, he was practice. rest. I was just going with the guys who like, weren't rest. Oh, oh right. There yeah, it is. Rest. Actual, You're right. You're right. Like, yeah, he's old. Have, uh, <laughs> he's old. <laughs> have, have injuries. He's 33. And, I think. Uh, you, know, you know, then some guys are limited too, like Zayvon Collins, AJ Green, DJ Humphreys, um, JJ Watt. I'm guessing, you know, decent chance they play. But the point is, they're pretty banged up too. So it's not just the Eagles. Uh, I feel like we should probably mention that. Um, also, really quickly, you mentioned the same linebacker position. How about the Eagles having the third straight 
NFC Defensive Player of the Week. First time since the 2000 right. Bucks. Uh, Hassan Reddick, obviously well-deserved. Um, it was clear to me in that moment that he sealed the game. Like, oh, he's going to win that award. Because, you know, two forced fumbles, game-sealing play. It's pretty high-profile high uh, stuff. So that's pretty crazy. And they've had a, a player of the week every single week because Zach McPherson obviously won, although somewhat generously right. probably won. Uh, not that it was like a bad play, but it's just like, you know, it was not. It was not yeah, a big week. For, kick, he actually like, had a nice tackle in that game too. He had a nice special teams <laughs> tackle. But and then they also had the September NFC Offensive Player of the Month in Jalen Hurts. So really, just racking up mm-hmm. the words here. Typically, a good thing. Um, that's all the the table setting, I guess. At the top, uh, we should probably get into who the Arizona Cardinals are. Jimmy, you wrote a little synopsis here. Yeah, I mean, they were sort of like the bad vibes team of the off season. First of all, they're coming off that. I'm, like I said, they started seven and zero, and then they went four and six down the stretch during the, the you know the back end of the regular season, and then in the playoffs they just got their asses handed to them by the Rams. I think Kyler Murray like refused yeah. to finish that game. <laughs> Colt, Colt McCoy had to go in for him, and I think Colt, the, the story was like Colt McCoy was like, "Dude, you got to go. Right. You got to finish out the game." And he was just like, "No, I don't want to finish out the game. We lost it. I'm sad, and I don't want to play quote. anymore." So he didn't play. <laughs> so he didn't finish the game. He wasn't hurt. He just didn't finish the game, which is weak. I mean, you look at you look at that. It's like a team. Like everyone else is yeah. going back out on the field, but the quarterback isn't going back on the field. That is garbage. So season ends. Uh, his agent uh, Eric Burkhart is on Twitter, like negotiating his contract through the media, saying that, that the Cardinals were garbage before Kyler Murray got there. He gets there now. They're the, like a legit team. And, uh, you know, they're threatening, it's you know, not to play this season. He finally gets his contract done and homework clause is included. <laughs> and they kind of become like the laughing stock of the NFL for a week or so because they have the homework clause in there. Everyone's laughing at it. And then they take the homework clause off. <laughs> and then, like it just re- recycles the uh, the laughing at them uh, thing again. You know, DeAndre Hopkins yeah. gets suspended. They lose Chandler Jones in free agency. And they just kind of came into this season with, I mean, the Eagles came into the season with all the good vibes. And uh, this Cardinals team came into the season with the bad vibes. They're two and two, which doesn't look terrible on paper in the standings, but it's been ugly football by them uh, for over the course of those four games, particularly like early in the first half of games, they've been horrendous. They had sort of a, um, uh, like a miracle win. Uh, I think it was week two uh, over the Las Vegas Raiders. They did not look good last week against the Panthers before finally pulling away against that trash team. And, uh, you know, the, the Eagles are five and a half point favorites uh, on the road here in Arizona, you know, in Arizona this week, which uh, is sort of telling on, on, you know, what, what sort of odds makers think of this, of this roster as a whole, but it is sort of a team that is on their way down. uh, And they were never really that far up. They were, you know, a team that that you expected to kind of make the playoffs and maybe not do a lot of damage in the playoffs when they got there, but they're on their way down from whatever, whatever you thought of them in terms of being a maybe good team. They're probably no, not. I think anymore. Kyler Murray is a totally different quarterback. Not that I even think he's great with DeAndre Hopkins, but without him, like pff, 
pass. Like, don't, mm-hmm. nope, not interested in that guy as my starting quarterback. Hopkins yeah. is that big of a difference maker for them. So the fact that he's not here is, is huge. Um, I will say about the Cardinals, uh, the thing that makes me a little bit nervous about them is are things that aren't necessarily related to the current team as much as just like the Eagles don't have success typically going out to Arizona. Um, they're 0 and 5 in their last five trips out there. Yeah, they've oh, not won right? there since okay. 2001. That. And that obviously includes the NFC Championship game mm. loss. Um, there's a loss to Kevin Cobb in there. There's a loss to. Um, there's a home loss to John really Skelton. Bad. Well, that was in yeah, there. that was in Philly, but yes, <laughs> they were like they're like 15 or 16 point favorites or something crazy like that, and they lost. I also John remember Skelton. too they lost in 2012 when it was like the last gasp. Like it was like if the Eagles are going to do anything this season, and Andy Reid's you know pivotal like do or die kind of season here, like they have to beat the Cardinals, and then mm-hmm. they just got destroyed. Um, the was that the Cobb game? No. That was in Philly, too. No, okay. It was like a rainy day, I think. Uh, the Cardinals, Jimmy, have... So to recap their schedule, too. All right, so they get blown out by the Chiefs in Arizona at home week one. The Chiefs are tough, so it's not like the end of the world, but still, not good. Then sure. they <laughs> need a 20-point comeback. What, twenty to, down 20-0 to zero to the Raiders? Um, who The Raiders, who started as the only 0-3 team in the league, to beat them. Uh, then they mm-hmm. go out and lose to the Rams and we're like not really in that game ever. Seriously. Like the Rams controlled mm-hmm. that game and the Rams have not looked good by the way. And then right. they, yeah, they, they have this like kind of eh win against the Panthers who are just total garbage as well. So clearly have not Panthers were favored in that game. Oddly, <laughs> right? were, were they, I, I or was it, or was so. a very small line. <laughs> Might've been a, like a, a minus one or something somewhere. But uh, the Cardinals have where they're weak is their defense. They have the worst ranked defense in the NFL by pro football focus. They rank 29th in defensive DVOA. They've allowed the eighth most offensive points through four games. Uh, And they're specifically weaker against the pass than the run. So we'll get into the matchups and stuff. But I feel like this is like a a, a big, another big kind of Jalen Hurts and wide receivers week. I think they're going to be able to to have success. Uh, this, This Cardinals defense is... It's not good. Yeah. So I mean, why don't we just hop right into the matchups then? Um, we'll do, I guess, Eagles offense against Cardinals defense first. Um, we mentioned the the injuries right up front. Jordan Mailata, of course, not not practicing on a Wednesday. Isaac Samala limited. If there is a, a game where you can kind of feel okay about, you never feel okay really about missing two O-line starters, but if it's going to happen, this is the team <laughs> to, to do that against because they have no pass rush. They have four sacks in the season. They have J.J. Watt. They four have sacks in four games. Four, four sacks in four games. You just said what? Nine the other week? They had five in a 13-play <laughs> span against the Commanders. Five sacks in 13 plays, right. not including punts. Um, so <laughs> man, the Cardinals have four on the season. J.J. Watt has, two. has one or two. Uh, Gardeck has the other one, and who cares? Doesn't doesn't yeah, Zach. And then and then they have Marcus Golden, who has had good seasons in the past. But like I said at the top of the show, they they lost Chandler Jones uh, in free agency this offseason. He's not lighting it up either, but still, he was a great player for the Cardinals for a long time, and they haven't replaced his productivity. So yeah, like I said, if there's a if there's a game where you feel okay about not ha- being full strength on your own line. This is the team like you, you, you don't want to be heading into week six uh, against the Cowboys uh, with, with uh, you know, a, a, a not full strength along your offensive line. So I would say if Jordan Mailata is, 
you know, questionable even, keep him out, you know, yeah. just like play the safe game, keep him out and uh, have make sure he's good to go for, for week six against Dallas. Uh, because again, they, they really struggle getting to the quarterback and it's not just sacks either. Like their quarterback hit numbers are really low as well. So they're just not getting anywhere near the quarterback. And then on the back end they're they have like some talent, mm-hmm. like Byron Murphy's is, is a decent corner. Buda Baker is a good safety, of course, but those guys are just having to cover too long and they're getting shredded on the back end. Yeah. The four sacks is so weak. <laughs> it's just so bad. I was looking at the sacks numbers and I was like, <laughs> oh man, that's pathetic. Um, next closest team is the Raiders. They have 1.3 per game. So whatever the math is on that. Yeah. I mean, like the Eagles had 29 last year and they had the select, the second lowest total in the NFL, but that's still almost two yeah. sacks per game. Um, and the Cardinals are averaging exactly right. one. And that's tough. Uh, J- again, JJ Watts banged up too. He just, what was he? He was playing despite like having some kind of like heart thing going on last week. Like there's like weird stuff going on with that. Uh, heart crazy like a heart procedure like uh okay um yeah so yeah and now he's on their injury report with what what was it with like uh, a toe or here. something it's still calf calf <laughs> so he's on the injury report not for heart <laughs> but for Maybe his, his heart's calf. in his calf <laughs> like the nfl is the nfl is so messed up sometimes um looking at their defensive depth chart you mentioned some of the names there but like I don't know. Zayvon Collins, people were hyped about him. Has he been really any good? Um, Isaiah Simmons, people thought he was going to be, you know, revolutionary, more like a tweener who doesn't probably give right. you much of anything too great. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, some recognizable names, but clearly just haven't been a good unit this year. And again, especially against the past. So I would expect the Eagles to have a big game and bounce back there because uh, they weren't able to really do that in the rain and i don't think that was a sign of the passing game falling apart as much as just just was the conditions and coinciding with and related to hurts having his not best game of the year um so i I expect the Mm -hmm. passing game to bounce back here um yeah anything else on that side of the ball yeah so the one thing that i sort of noticed about their secondary in particular was they don't have a single guy among their like their their top three corners and their starting safeties. So their top three corners are Byron Murphy, Marco Wilson, Chase Whitaker. And then their two safeties are Buda Baker and Jalen Thompson. None of them are six foot. <laughs> so like they're all either five eleven or or shorter. So and they're all also like none of them weigh over two hundred pounds either. <laughs> so to me, kind of sure. feels like an AJ Brown game where he can just kind of body these guys up and uh win contested catches all day. Uh, so, yeah, I, I would look for a big day out of A.G. Brown against these sort of shrimpy guys in their secondary. Uh, flipping it around to the other side of the ball, uh, Cardinals offense has been okay. They rank uh, 14th in points per game, offensive points per game with 20.3. Uh, Kylie Murray has a 85.2 passer rating. I've never really been the biggest Kyler guy, but, again, he's at his best when he has DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, we saw that when the Eagles played the Cardinals uh, late in 2020, a game that the Eagles almost won. Um, but uh, I mean, I think Kyler is a little bit of a, I mean, he's threatening. He's a threatening guy because he, he's, he's, yeah, his, sure. his mobility, like he can make big plays, uh, especially out of structure. So, you know, defense can do everything right and he can just make a play. He can go off for a long run. So that's dangerous. And that's something that is kind of like a wild card um, to account for. But on the whole, I think he's kind of erratic and just not very inspiring uh, without DeAndre Hopkins. So, um, you know, you look at the rest of this Cardinals 
offense here. Uh, I just mentioned they might have some issues up front, which they've been, their offensive line has been solid so far and pass protection. Um, but if it's going to be banged up and, you know, you're left at what receiver? Also, Hollywood Brown, who's banged up here. Um, you have like over the hill, AJ Green, um, to some guy named Zach Ertz, um, which, uh, with all due respect to Zach Ertz, he's like averaging 8.1 yards per carrier, or sorry, yards per reception this year. And that's like under his mm-hmm. career average of 10. So it's not like, you know, he's having a career year uh, in his older years by any means. He's found the end zone twice. He's certainly a player who is capable of moving the chains against the Eagles, as we've seen him do many a time in Philly. Um, Rondell Moore is a nice player in the slot. That'll be something to watch there with Josiah Scott probably um, up against him. That's another thing I would kind of keep an eye out for. But on the whole, um, I feel like the biggest threat here is just Kyler's playmaking ability. So um, I saw a great tweet from Jordan Reed of uh, ESPN. He's one of their not draft the guys. Uh, former uh, Washington <laughs> tight end. No, that was uh, wasn't his name Jordan Reed too, or name? no? Yeah, it was Jordan Reed. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, spells it. This guy spells it R E I D, not R E E D. Yeah, R- yeah. Okay. Anyway, uh, he's a draft guy for ESPN. He wrote. And you'll never be able to unsee this, uh, as Jordan Reed says in his tweet. But he says, one of the greatest scouting report one-liners ever about Murray, quote, he runs like a toddler that just stole their parents' phone. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) He's like a little waddle to when he runs. It's like a scamper. (laughs) And also, he's just so frenetic the way he's like, he Mm -hmm. runs around and he'll run backwards and he'll run left, right, all over the place. Uh, (laughs) I thought that was a very funny tweet. Um, you mentioned Ertz. Yeah, he runs kind of like upright, I too feel like, you know, I think that's what that's kind of capturing there. You know, like a little kid, yeah. not like, you know, like <laughs> leaning into the run and like holding your momentum forward, but like, like standing still. Yeah, you'll, you'll never, you'll never think of anything else when you watch him run from now on. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, that, that came up in, in, uh, Jonathan Gannon's press conference on Tuesday. I think it was Zach, uh, Berman asked him about his, his running style or not just running style, but like keeping plays alive and making plays off schedule. And Kyle Murray even complained about his own receivers. I think it was a week ago after their loss to their week three loss they, to the Rams. the Rams. He was like, um, and he, the, the receivers have to stay awake and basically like uh, make sure that they keep trying to run around and, and get open because he can extend plays and he'll run around and he needs his receivers to kind of stay alive for him. And the same is true of any secondary that faces him. Like you can't just give up on any play at any time. You can't have a mental clock. You have to just keep running with plaster your receiver and like through the whistle because you don't know what is going to be happening like in the backfield with him running around. So I think that's a big part of what the Eagles defensive game plan will be. And uh, the other thing, too, to note is I think a quarterback like Kyler Murray or Russell Wilson or whatever, they, those guys tire out defensive linemen because you're chasing that guy all over the place. And, you know, you can kind of expend all your energy on one play and then bang, next play, like you're back up at the line and you're exhausted. I think where the Eagles have an adv- not maybe not an advantage, but uh, less of a disadvantage is that they're so deep along their defensive line where that probably won't be an issue where they can kind of keep getting guys in and out of this game uh, and stay fresh throughout. And they've done a good, by the way, that's sort of been an underrated thing about Jonathan Gannon as a whole this season is that they have gotten guys in and out of the rotation 
uh, like crazy. And guys like Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham uh, have played a much lower percentage of snaps than they're probably accustomed to, but they, they, but it's been working. Like those guys seem fresh and they're playing hard on the snaps that they play. Uh, not that that was ever an issue with Brandon Graham, but maybe a little bit with Fletcher Cox, but those, those guys are, are getting plenty of rest. And I think it's been very good for, for their productivity and the guy, and you know, all the guys that, that have, that are playing in place of them when they, when they have gotten in the game have played well as well. So yeah, I, I think uh, a big part of the game plan is just making sure that, the the guys on the back end, even the linebackers too, just never give up on a play until they're absolutely certain it's over. Yeah, I would say, you know, um, I mean, the, their biggest running threat is Kyler, right? If you're not scared of James Conner, he's averaging 3.2 mm-hmm. yards per 3.2, yeah. yeah. They have Eno Benjamin, who's averaging five on a smaller sample with just 22 carries there. And then Darrell Williams is actually at 6.5, but he's only taking 13. Um so yeah, you're not really like scared uh, of their running game. I would say outside of what what Kyler is able to do and and make plays like that. Um, anyone else on offense at all? I guess that scares you. I mean, nothing nothing would scare me on this. I mean, with D Hop out, they yeah. just don't have that much. I'll say this about their offensive line: it's mm-hmm. very old. <laughs> like, and that's yeah, not so necessarily a bad thing. So from left to right, it's D. Yeah, exactly. So it's DJ Humphreys, twenty eight. Justin Pugh is thirty two. Rodney Hudson's 33, Will Hernandez, 27, Kelvin Beecham is 33. So it's an average age of 30.6 years old. They have a combined 533 mm. career snaps. I mean, uh, snaps, uh, starts, 533, oh, wow. not even games, starts. So like by comparison, I want to, why don't you give me a guess on how many, career starts the eagles starting um, five like has 420 371 mm, okay so, so the cardinals have you know basically like 160 ish more starts along their offensive line than the and the eagles have like a, a they have a veteran offensive line for the most part i mean landon dickerson's young jordan mylata is relatively young or at least has a relatively low number of starts like 30.6 years old that team is screwed in the future because they don't they have nothing in the old line pipeline coming up behind all these guys and they're gonna have to rebuild that line you know all sort of all at one time and for now it's fine like those guys it's a perfectly competent offensive line rodney hudson's been to three pro bowls he was a second team all pro in 2019 dj humphreys made the pro bowl in 2021 so they'll be fine this year probably uh and certainly early in the year they'll probably be fine but that they're they're in big trouble in the future it's a totally competent it's probably the the best offensive line that the eagles will face so far this season but it's not a great offensive line uh it's you know probably a little better than average but um but it's 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 an old but competent line and again we'll see too how healthy it is with some of these guys on the injury report um exactly yeah yeah zooming out a little bit last thing we'll talk about before we take a break the coaching matchup uh i already talked about how vince joseph who you know a lot of Mm -hmm. respect for him in the past but his defense clearly hasn't been good their offensive coordinator is also their head coach cliff kingsbury i've never been a cliff guy (laughs) either yeah um so really never been a cardinals guy never was like huge in the kyler never was huge in the cliff so not my favorite pairing for sure and I feel like I've seen some models, some analytical models that say like Cliff is actually more aggressive than he gets credit for. So I think that's kind of interesting because anecdotally, whenever like, I watch the Cardinals in a big spot, 
he like he's a coward because he comes to the McVay tree of just being a total yeah. coward and like kicking a field goal or punting or whatever. So um, absolutely, you know, give me Nick Sirianni over him when it comes to like giving the team an edge and being aggressive like that. Like Cliff Kingsbury does not scare me at all. They've barely thrown down the field. Yeah, their yards uh, per reception numbers are so low. So, like I just said, like Ertz is at eight point one. Hollywood Brown's at like eleven point something. He's the leader on their team with eleven point yeah. something. That's but that's like a tight end number. That's pathetic. <laughs> Dallas Goddard is averaging twelve yards per target. Right. Forget completion. <laughs> like uh Devontae Smith's averaging nine point nine per target. AJ Brown, ten point something per again per target, not per reception. So they just haven't really thrown the ball down the field all that much. And then what do we say? Kyler was, I have, I have it here. Uh, 8.8 per completion, Hmm. 8.8 per completion. It's like running back numbers and 5.7 per pass attempt. It's really, that is terrible. So they have not pushed the ball down the field this year. And maybe they can't because again, like you mentioned a couple of times, it's just not the same offense without D hop. Yeah. I mean, it's Hollywood Brown is the speedster, but he's not even like healthy. And it's, it's one guy. It's one guy who they're like, okay, we'll take him away. Mm -hmm. Someone else beat us. Um, all right. Why don't we take a break here, Jimmy, but not before we hear about both Righteous Felon Craft Jerky, RighteousFelon.com. Use discount code BGN for 15% off. And then Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors and RoachRealtors.com. Uh, yes, you can find her at 856-906-9295 if you are looking to buy or sell your home. Brandon? Back after this. Back here on BGN Radio. Jimmy, I might be going to the Big Apple on Friday night. New York City. Yeah. Oh, yeah? Okay. Um, uh, I don't want to say why, because I want to keep it shrouded in mystery. No. Um, I don't know if it's uh, – I think <laughs> I think it's okay to say. Uh, Jason Lipschitz, who works for Billboard. You're familiar with Billboard? You know, like the music magazine. Um, uh-huh. Hooked me up with a little uh, Coheed and Cambria, which is the band that's in my like Twitter uh, background thing, uh, who I've seen many a time before. They're doing like a little Q&A and uh, acoustic show. So I'm going to try to head to New York on Friday night. Uh, so if anyone in the Big Apple wants to give me, you know, a little food recommendation, wouldn't mind that. I have some things in mind, but uh, I think I'm going to try to go down get a dinner somewhere. Obviously, I'm a big pizza guy. So uh, throw me a recommendation. Do you have a recommendation for me, Jimmy? If there, were, if this were like twelve years ago, I'd have tons of recommendations for you, but I nice. just haven't been there in a long time. Yeah, I don't think I've been there. Worked, worked, worked in Manhattan for a long time. That's right. You were you were a big uh, you were a stock in my no, former life. Stock guy, right? <laughs> sales guy. No, I mean I had many sales jobs, and one of them was uh, investment research. I sold mm. investment research. So yeah, I'm I am familiar with the Wall Street world, but it wasn't like trading stocks or Do anything like that. Do no. you regret leaving? No, <laughs> I don't know. It sounds pretty interesting. Um, no, Jimmy, <laughs> it's time to get into our picks of the week. But before I do that, I have to mention that our DraftKings same game parlay, which is the Bleeding Green Nation special, I come up with it every week. It has not hit yet. 
I kind of got screwed over by the weather last week. I I did Hertz over 300 yards passing. Obviously, that was tough. I didn't know the weather was going to be as bad as it was at the time I made the thing. Although the other two things hit, I think. I got Eagles money line, which hit, and I had Jalen Hurts anytime touchdown scorer. Obviously, passing touchdowns, not counting, but rushing, and he had that big rushing touchdown. Uh, So two of the three hit. I think we've had a couple weeks here where two of the three have hit, so we're we're getting close. If you want to participate in that, you can stay tuned to the Bleeding Green Nation Twitter account at Bleeding Green and Bleeding Green Nation Instagram account that's at Bleeding Green Insta. So we, I will post those on game day morning when they go live. Uh, and every week this season, we'll be cooking up our own same game parlay that our good friends at DraftKings will put right on their homepage for all of you. That's right, you, the loyal BGN radio listeners to follow. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Make sure you check out our social media channels. Uh, Each week, DraftKings has new offers and great ways to make your Sunday more fun. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Jimmy, when it comes to our Eagles pick straight up, you and I are both three and one so far. The Vikings game was the only game we got Mm -hmm. wrong. And I am eight and nine against the spread. So not good, but it's better than your six and 11 against the spread so far so (laughs) you have some work to do Uh, i'll let you go first my podcast against the spread picks Mm. are always way worse than my in writing spread picks i'll let you lead it off so uh, i am very much looking forward to this game it's the giants at packers in london so this is a 9 30 eastern standard time game i personally i will be in arizona for this game which means cool. this game will be on at 6.30 in the morning for me. I mean, I'm going to be waking up in my hotel, ordering a room breakfast room service, watching this game, 6.30 in the morning. Let's go. I'm, this is like a morning guy's dream. So, yeah, Giants at Packers, minus 8.5. Wow. Giants in this one. I mean, not to win, obviously. But uh, wow. I'll take the 8.5 points. Giants are trash, but... I don't know that I think that, you know, this Packers team is all that great. Um, they have struggled to, you know, move the ball and score. Um, defensively, they've been good. And I don't see, I, I guess the, the, the unknown here is how healthy is Daniel Jones and is he going to play? Which is crazy because Daniel Jones stinks, but he's he like, a quarterback. I mean, they're, they're screwed. They're, they're really screwed without him. I guess Tyrod Taylor is That's okay as a backup. They had to play they had to play Saquon Barkley uh, out of the Wildcat because uh, uh, Jones and Tyrod Taylor both got hurt last week against the Bears, and they still won. Uh, Saquon Barkley actually was yeah, able they to should move do the that, offense man. They when he was that, uh, running it. <laughs> they really should probably implement that more in their offense uh, with the way that he's playing. Like yeah. he he's back. He's sort of like back to what he was before. He's a legit player once again, but. Uh, yeah, 8.5 is a big number, so I'll take the big number. Why not? I'm surprised because usually you're pretty bearish on the Giants. Uh, you, you took the Bears, mm-hmm. speaking of bearish, you took the Bears to beat the Giants, I believe, last week. Which I, was I like, did. Nope, I took them out right. Not yeah. betting on Justin Fields, not doing it. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's pick Packers your poison freaking, on that one. Like, we had to go to overtime to beat Bailey Zappi. Or Bailey Zap, whatever his name is. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I'll take the Giants, yeah. too. The Giants' defense has been okay. So I think they can hang in. Yeah, I don't think they're going to win. Um, I will say, in terms of rooting interest, we'll both do our rooting interest guides. Like, uh, yeah, Giants win is fine. I think it's better if the Giants like, win. Yeah, like, who cares if they it win? It doesn't matter. The losses are going to come. They they still have to play some tougher teams coming up. They're, the losses will come for them. 
Uh, and as I put it to RJ on the NFC East mixtape, which you can all listen to this week, um, the Packers are a bigger threat to the Eagles winning the one seed than I, than the Giants are to like the Eagles you know, winning the East or any doing any kind of damage to them. So yeah, uh, I'll I'll stick with that too. I just I can't feel good about the Packers right now. Another team I can't feel good about. <laughs> well, good for the Eagles, but bad about their outlook. New Orleans Saints. Hold on, one 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 yeah, real quick got? thing on the Packers because you mentioned because you mentioned the rooting guide and I think you're dead on like I think it's better if the Giants win this game because the Eagles have higher aspirations I think right. at this point than ju- certainly they got to hold off the Cowboys but they have higher aspirations than just the NFC East and I thought it was interesting 538.com you know they have the Eagles at 94% likely to make the playoffs which no surprise there but they also have them as 45% to get a first round bye Crazy. and then the Packers are the next closest team at 14 it's a huge gap between you know the Eagles and the next likely team to get a first round bye. So you know you get it. The the Buccaneers already have two losses. You get the Packers with two losses, and the Eagles. You know, some, if they get to five and zero, they have a pretty nice stronghold at that point on uh, the likelihood of earning that first round bye, which obviously is huge in terms of your chances of making. And the Eagles play the, the Packers Bowl. still, so you know, uh, you know, you certainly feel mm-hmm. better about that matchup than you did entering the season with the way Green Bay has struggled. But still, in, in, in the event that the Eagles lost that game, that would be a costly tiebreaker to not have. And point here being make that yeah. game even less meaningful, potentially, with a Giants win. So, all right. Shift to the Saints, who, right. again, would be winless right now if the Falcons had not choked in all-time fashion, as they always do in week <laughs> one. So they'd, be, they'd be the yeah. only winless team in the NFL right now. Uh, the Saints are, <laughs> that being said, and despite being banged up, the Saints are five and a half point favorites at home against the Seahawks. Give me the points here, man. Gino is like just one on an NFC offensive player of the week. I know it's Gino Smith still, but like he's playing decently. And the, the um, Seahawks do have a running game too that they can rely on. And the Saints are banged up and they're not playing good football. Their defense is solid, um, but they're not going to be able to like score big. And Seahawks just dropped 48 points. I know the Lions defense has been bad, but still, like Seahawks, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I'll, I'll take the point. This is a lot of points. That's a lot of points for a Saints team that's not good. So give me the points. Yeah, I'll take the points on this too. It's been weird that there have been some new quarterbacks entering the season. You go, oh, that quarterback stinks. They're they're not going anywhere. And the Seahawks are one of them. The Seahawks aren't going anywhere, but Geno's played sort of – he's exceeded expectations. Jacoby Brissett from – uh, the Browns has exceeded expectations. I think even like Marcus Mariota has played better than I think some people might have expected. I mean, not that these guys are playing all that, like they're playing like great football or whatever, but <laughs> these teams like each have at least two wins, uh, which uh, you may you may not have expected heading into the season. But yeah, I'll take the Seahawks and the points against this Saints team that uh, J- Jameis Winston, by the way, uh, you know, didn't play in London week four. Did not practice uh, on Wednesday, so that's not great for his potential to play week five. They might even be better off with Andy Dalton anyway, who actually played okay uh, in London against against the Vikings. Uh, Michael Thomas uh, did not play last week, did not practice on Wednesday either. I'm sure Saints fans are probably uh, annoyed with him at this point and his uh, lack of durability. So, yeah, it's a team that uh, just, like you said, has a lot of injuries and is kind of playing crappy regardless. Call your shot right now. Who do the Eagles draft at the Saints pick? Um, 
Hmm. Okay. Let me get to that at the end of the, no, at the, end not of the Will episode. Anderson. Not we'll be tease that one. I mean, you I can, can't say I Will Anderson. Don't okay. know if, I don't think they're going to be that high. I think he's going to go higher, but plenty of time to figure that out. I'll give you an answer okay. by the uh, end of the episode. What are the Titans? In my final thoughts. At the Commanders, give me the Titans. I mean, come on. Commanders are, they're just, they're going nowhere fast. People are like, oh, Carson Wentz doesn't have an offensive line. I mean, okay, great. Like, yes. <laughs> it's never him. It's never him. I mean, is it true that the Commanders offensive line is in great shape right now? No, it's not. I'm not going to lie, say, sit here and say it is. But also, he exacerbates it. Absolutely. Makes it worse. Turns the ball over. The Titans, for having a slow start, they've been pretty... I mean, they got they got housed by the Bills, but okay. Bills are one of the best teams in the league. Otherwise, they've been mm-hmm. pretty competitive. Like, they they missed on a... Or they lost on a missed field goal in week one against the Giants. Um, they beat the Raiders. It was close at the end. Um, they just beat the Colts. So, and the Titans are in the upswing a little bit. I think they're thought a little bit more lowly of than they should be. And the Commanders, I just... What do you feel good about right now? What do you... Okay, like, Jahan Dotson is promising, but... What does it amount to? Like, I, I just don't think they are any kind of like threat at all. So give me the Titans two and a half. Com- yeah. Commanders are, but uh, that, that's all that needs to be said about, by, by the way, when do they, when do they right, bench so- him? Does he play a uh, different question? Does he play in Philly week 10? I don't think so. I don't think so either. Like, cause there's going to be cause it's 70% of the snaps that he, the, the, pick that the commanders owe to the Colts goes to a second round pick instead of a third round pick that they owe to Indy. And, right. you know, he's going to be coming up on that around like soon, right? Like around that time. So yeah, 70, 70%, you know, that'll be around like week yeah. 12, 13, somewhere in that area. But they're also, so, yeah, they're going to want to present, they're going to want to preserve that. And the, the question is, are they going to be basically done by the time week 10 rolls around? But also, is he still playing like crap? And I imagine he still will be. Because what's going to change there? He's not changing as a player. And, I mean, it is a valid point that their offensive line is trash too. <laughs> so, like, he's not getting help there. He does have good receivers, but he's not playing well and their own line isn't playing well. And that's not a good combo. They're also just like in a big hole already more so <laughs> yes. than maybe your typical one in three team in the sense that they've, they've lost to both of the top threats in the division already. So that's, you know, tough. They can't mm-hmm. like, win the tiebreaker. They're one in three overall. They also lost to the lions, uh, which is another NFC that goes against your NFC record when it comes to the wild card and could be a factor. If, you know, the lions could in theory, maybe be like a wild card team. Um, given how wide open the NFC is at least. So that's another thing working against them. Mm -hmm. You also have the common games thing working against them because the Eagles just already beat the Lions and they also beat the Jags. Uh, I guess that doesn't matter because the commanders beat them, but the Lions point still stands. Um, So like there's just so much working against Washington. They're actually, I don't know if you know this, they actually rank 16th in the NFC right now. Like they're in terms of like the playoff picture due to all the tiebreakers and stuff. Because there are three other one and three teams, um, but they lose out on all those tiebreakers. To my point, so they're zero and three in the conference, so like they're in, they're in a really big hole, and that's all the more reason why they're going to have to bench Wentz. They're not going to have they they could conceive like the Giants, especially if they win this week. We'll see, but the Giants are probably they might have a better record than the Commanders at that point. 
So the commanders are going to have three teams ahead of them in their own division. Like they, they're they're going to be in a spot where uh, it's going to be hard, I think, for them to talk themselves into like having hope. So it, it's it should be an easy call to bench him. I feel like. I mean, our, our friends at Hogs Haven are already calling for that to happen. <laughs> yeah, they want either I guess Sam Howell or uh, Taylor Heineke. Taylor Heineke has no ceiling whatsoever. And they all know that. They all know that he's not any kind of long-term answer. And they're like, you know what? I'd still rather see him, which is like, you know, that's not a good sign. Hey, let me give you my long-term Carson Wentz mm-hmm. uh, prediction. Okay, so uh, benched by week 10, cut after the season's over. And then he's going to—he's not going to retire. He's going to go to some other team. He's going to be no. a backup. And he's going to, like, rehab his— He doesn't want to be, be a backup. backup somewhere. He's not going to no have a way. choice. He, it doesn't matter. He's he's not going to have a choice. I don't Sam think, he, I don't think he's going to retire. He just didn't sign so with I think anyone. He's gonna, he left. He left the NFL. He did. He could have signed with someone that's a backup. <laughs> that's true. Okay, right. So, right. So he does. He does have a choice. He can either retire or he can be a backup somewhere. And I think he hmm. won't retire. So he's going to be a backup somewhere. And it's going to be with a team with like you know no question about it. I think he's going like a team like the Chiefs. I think. Uh, Makes sense for him. Bad vibes. Play behind Mahomes, rebuild his image Make behind the scenes, and then, and then some dumbass team will, right? It'll be exactly like Trubisky, where he went to Buffalo. He played behind Josh Allen. Somehow rebuilt his image, and like a team paid him a decent amount of money to be their starter, short term, of course. But he got benched very quickly, of course, in Pittsburgh. I think the same fate awaits Carson Wentz back up well, for like a team like the, the Chiefs gets another starting opportunity. How about like the Saints for 2024? He's their starter. The <laughs> Long road prediction. I can see. Well, the Jets would make sense from a standpoint of Joe Douglas and uh, maybe the Vikings because they have. Uh, oh, wait. They didn't, no, they didn't end up hiring. No. Okay. Never mind. Who am I thinking of? Who got. Oh, the, oh, the Giants. How about the Giants? No, probably not, because they had they hired uh, Brandon Brown. But no, uh, I don't know. This is too much Carson Wentz talk. Let's move into Cowboys at Rams. <laughs> I mean, I, I, this is line okay. is confusing to me. Why this are the Rams crazy. coming off a short week and who have the worst graded <laughs> offensive line in the NFL by Pro Football Focus so far? And even if mm-hmm. you don't like PFF, like that's very anecdotally, like it, it's very clear they have offensive line issues. And by the way, their quarterback hasn't looked right yes. in conjunction with that. Why are they favored by five and a half at home where there will be a lot of Cowboys fans in that stadium? It's not like they have a great home field advantage as we mm-hmm. know it at SoFi. So like this is this is like my lock of the week. Give me Cowboys five and a half. Maybe they don't win. Maybe somehow like Aaron Donald takes over and he forces Cooper Rush into some turnovers. But it's going to be a game. <laughs> it's going to be competitive. I have the Cowboys winning this game outright. I don't. I don't I know agree. how. Like you said, this, this this line tells me that a lot of people are going to lose money on this game betting on the Cowboys. <laughs> like in a weird way, I feel like the Cowboys for the last few weeks have actually been disrespected by odds makers, which is maybe the first time I've ever said that because they usually skew the line uh, because there are so many Cowboys fans out there who are delusional and will bet on the Cowboys that uh, the, the line is usually skewed the other way. But they had a weird line against the commanders, which we both felt was an easy call to take the Cowboys. They had the the weird line against the Giants, 
where again both of us kind of felt like why why is this line so small the cowboys all the way in this one and this is another one you get five and a half points they're better than the rams this is quite crazy the, the the Cowboys defense has been legit so far this season. You know, offense hasn't been able to move the ball that well. And obviously so because, you know, Dak Prescott got hurt or whatever. Uh, but their defense has been outstanding, even without getting a turn. I think they, they only have like four takeaways so far this season, uh, but they've been outstanding otherwise. And like you said, uh, the offensive line for the Rams is terrible. And Stafford doesn't look right. Like he had that elbow injury and he probably like, it, it, the talk about that has gone away to some degree, but the injury probably hasn't. So his receivers aren't good. Their offensive line isn't good. They're just not scoring. Defense is okay. Uh, but yeah, I'll take the I'll, I'll take the Cowboys all day uh, with the five and a half. And again, like I said, I think they win outright. By the way, if they do win outright, that sets up like sort of a probably the, the game oh, of the yeah. year so far in the NFL uh, week six, which, you know, if the Cowboys mm-hmm. do win, they'll be four and one and, and, uh, if we think the, the Eagles win, they'll be five and zero. Huge game on Monday huge, Night Football in Philly. Huge game, and to your point earlier about resting players, um, you never want to overlook an opponent. But with the Eagles, you know, going up against a team that looks beatable, if you have a guy like whoever Maddox or Mylada, like who kind of looks like iffy, just you just just play it safe. You, you have you're four and zero. Like you have mm-hmm. the, the, the cushion to play it safe. I think a little bit there, and and have them hopefully potentially for the um, very important Cowboys game that you mentioned, which very excited to talk about that next week. But um, we'll wrap up here with our Eagles five and a half point favorites on the road at the Cardinals, where again, they have not won since 2001. I will say, I guess I'll go first here. This has the makings of a trap game. These are like trap game conditions in the sense that it's a tough, it's a place you don't typically play well. It's a team that you could easily overlook. And in that vein, it was interesting that Jalen Hurts like kind of ended up praising the Cardinals unprompted at the end of his press conference. Weird comment, but by like, the way. you know, yeah. I think there's some, you know, <laughs> awareness there that uh are, are putting it on guard yeah. like we don't want to overlook this team that has not been good, clearly. Yeah. Oh, that yeah, maybe that's sort of that was maybe that was his Maybe that was his way of kind of messaging to his teammates. Don't overlook this team. Because you could, because we just talked about it. There's a huge game next week. This is like, this is yeah. what a trap game looks like, you know, in terms of, or if you want to call mm-hmm. it a look ahead game, you're, you overlook this game. This, those are the conditions. I'm not saying it will happen. I'm just saying the, the conditions are ripe for that situation, which makes me a little bit nervous. I, I do think there is something to that um, worth monitoring. But at the end of the day, again, I I feel like I, I try to go down with my guys or I try to go down against the guys I don't believe in. And I, I never believed in Cliff, never believed in Kyler, especially without D-Hop. Uh, Cardinals defense has not been good. Eagles offense has been great. 400 yards of offense every week. And they don't even need to pass the ball like they did last week to just to do that. And if they do, they are quite capable of doing that. So I feel like Jalen Hurts and the passing Eagles passing offense, they have a big game. The wide receivers go off. I could see each of the receivers having a touchdown. Quez, all the Batmans. All the Batmans are going to get in the end zone. That's my prediction this week. <laughs> Devontae and A.J. Brown. Uh, I think it's a big day for the Eagles offense. And, yeah, give me – it's the first time all year I'm taking the Eagles to cover. But give me. Give me the five and a I'll, – I'll give, I will give the points. Give, give me the Eagles five minus five and a half. We should probably mention what you were talking about, by the way, with his comments. At the end of Jalen Hurts's uh, – interview session today 
he like sort of admonished the media for not asking him about the Cardinals. And then he went on to praise how good the Cardinals defense is and what a good team they are and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Which, uh, yeah, I'm sure if we ask him next week about uh, what he saw on film and how they can exploit Dallas in one way or another, we'll get a really insightful answer in return. But I think your point is probably right. I think it was more messaging to his teammates that, uh, hey, don't overlook this team. Uh, they're They're good and, you know, Let's 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 talk about them a little bit more. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think I think that's a, a good call by you on that. And, yeah, I'll take the Eagles and I will lay the five and a half. Another chalk week. Cardinals team. All the same picks. Yeah, it's well, no, we didn't have the same pick on the Giants Packers, right? No, we did. I'm taking or the did points. You, oh, you took the points of the Giants. Yeah. Oh, all right. Uh, yeah, well, I'm laying I'm laying the five and a half uh, on the Eagles here. Uh, the Cardinals are just not a good team. Mm-hmm. Bad vibes across the board. Offense isn't good. Defense is good. The one concern that I have, which we should probably touch on real quick, is special teams because Jake Elliott, I mean, we talked about him maybe not playing. Carson uh, Cameron Dicker, excuse me, might have to, uh, you know, kick instead. Mm. Aaron Sipos hasn't been good. The return units haven't been good. They've avoided huge, um, like they've avoided catastrophe in two different occasions this year where with the blocked field goal, Aaron Sipos was able to make the tackle and then the muff punt. That Britton Covey was able to, you know, gather and recover. It, they can't afford like uh, a catastrophic, uh, you know, special teams mishap in this game. There isn't anyone on this Cardinals team that you kind of look at and you go, "Uh oh!" Like we did last week yeah. with Jamal Agnew, for example. But still, like the the Eagles special, they're ranked thirty thirtieth, yep. I think, in uh, special teams DVOA. Uh, so yeah, it's been a problem all year and hopefully for the Eagles sake, it turns around. Uh, but that would be one, my, my one big concern and really in any game, uh, going forward the rest of the year. Eagles are also 30th in PFFs grading. The Cardinals, meanwhile, are 21st in PFFs grading for special teams. And then I believe 23rd. And okay. So they're not good either. Like to your point, they're not like, you know, a good special yeah. teams unit. And looking at the Cardinals injury report during this podcast honestly gave me like even more confidence that the Eagles are going to win because they're bang- the Cardinals are banged up up front. I mean, they're, I don't know. They're going to miss all those guys, but they're yeah. probably, well, they're either banged up. So they're playing, you know, less considerably less than a hundred percent or um, they might be missing some of them. Mm-hmm. So I just think, I, I just don't see the, the path for the Cardinals victory is, is some kind of weird special teams thing. Maybe like you said, and the kicking game, uh, ends up not being reliable, but like, I think I'm okay with that for the most part in terms of be aggressive anyway. Like, go for it. I don't need the, you know, I don't need you to be settling for field goals. You've you have a really good offense. Go for it. Right. Uh, and then uh, mm-hmm. maybe Kyler just has like a total. He just goes off. Like he's just running all over the place, and for whatever reason they can't stop him. We haven't really seen the Eagles tested against a mobile mobile quarterback this year, have we? Right. Mm-hmm. Golf. Well, they've had. Yeah, well, Trevor not, Lawrence can run around a little like bit, Kyler but. But yeah, what yeah. Goff, right, Lawrence, exactly. and Kirk and Carson. Yeah, so no. So this is their their big test against Carson, a mobile yeah. quarterback. So we'll see how that goes. Um, but that's about it. And then other otherwise too, the Eagles just totally taking it for granted and you know, sleepwalking through. But it's the Cardinals who typically start slow. So it's like I don't even know if it's that like mm-hmm. Eagles get down early and then the crowd jumps on them and everything, and then they're panicking. I, and we saw that last week. So on, the Eagles have deserved they did they deserve the benefit of the doubt. Uh, I, I want, there could be a decent number of Eagles fans there actually sure now that be. I think about it. The Eagles, yeah. uh, like I get why you might want to be like, you know, it's a long season. It's too early to say Super Bowl and everything. Like, I don't think it is. And that's, I'm not saying they're like a lock to get there, but like now there's, they've been such like a, <laughs> a team without holes 
for the most part, at least as much as you can be in the NFL this, this far, like the things you can, you know, we can point to are like nitpicks, like Kenny Gainwell's usage or the special teams. Like Eagles fans have every reason to feel mm-hmm. like really good. Like great. Like to, to not even almost like question things for the most part at this point in time, can that change quickly? Yes. It's the NFL that can change very quickly, but for now, like enjoy it, like, you know, revel in it, ride the high. Uh, so that's my stance on where things stand. Uh, any final thoughts, Jimmy? Yes, I have my uh, Eagles 2023 first round pick from the Saints. Yeah, and that is Penn Penn State mm. cornerback. Wow, Joey Porter Jr. You thought I was going edge rusher, didn't you? Yeah, because they will a curveball there. <laughs> <laughs> They have to. I mean, they don't have yeah, they, to, but they kind of. Like, it's a strong edge rusher draft. It's also a, a strong cornerback draft. But they can go. I think those are the two. It's a strong need. The two main the positions that I think they will uh, try to attack. Because you know, BG is getting up there, and Derek Burnett will be back under contract. Well, he'll be back. But, he's he's on a contract for two years. Uh, so <laughs> uh, all right. Anyway, uh, I don't think I have a final thought to share. I got one more wow. actually. As long as you're thinking about it, the chicken or the egg. Oh, wow. In Marlton, mm. the sign is on the building mm. now. I've been waiting for this place. It's been like super delayed and like, COVID. You know, I guess free plug for them here. But, <laughs> but like, it's been super delayed for them, like getting up. I don't know if, uh, if you're, if you've ever been to Long Beach Island, uh, for any substantial period of time at all, then you know, chicken or the mm. egg in Beach Haven. Uh, but there's a chicken and the egg being opened in Marlton, New Jersey, mm. and it's also going to be a bar too, wow. and it's going to be like walkable for my house. I probably shouldn't go that far, but um, <laughs> Jeez, Jimmy. but I'm very much looking forward to that opening. Maybe uh, someone you know you can watch the Eagles game there. I'm sure get a good exactly get a good meal. Um, all right, uh, we'll wrap it up here. No final thought for me this week, other than you know rate, review, subscribe. We appreciate that. We'll try to read some of those soon. Where slacking on that front i acknowledge um also you know support our sponsors at righteousfelon.com discount code bgn15 for 15 percent off your order if you're looking to buy sell or rent a house you want to contact kristen roach of roachrealtors.com and you can call or text her by reaching out to this phone number 856-906-9295 follow us on twitter at brandon gowton at jimmy kemsky also on instagram uh, you can check out at BGN underscore radio on Twitter for the podcast account at bleeding green for the uh, website account. And also where the DraftKings uh, same game parlay will be posted on game day. So you, you keep an eye out for that. Um, bleeding is where you find my work. Phillyvoice.com is where Jimmy Kemsky does his blogging at. We will be back with you earlier ish, probably Tuesday or so next week when Eagles might be five and zero which is a crazy thought. Um, but yeah, it'll be fun to talk about leading into Cowboys week. We don't talk about the Cowboys so much on that podcast clearly, but uh, still. We probably will anyway. Uh, I'm sure we'll mention it, but uh, <laughs> next week's preview show. I'm very much looking for very and, for and sure. the mixtape yeah. next week with RJ. Going to be a big one. That's right. All right. All right. Goodbye, everybody. P G N.